Hi and welcome to Recap Revision. This episode is going to be about inheritance, variation and evolution. Asexual reproduction is the form of reproduction involving one parent with genetically identical offspring. These are called clones. In this process there is no joining of gametes and no mix of DNA. Only mitosis is involved here. Plants like strawberries and spider plants reproduce asexually and they produce tiny plantlets on runners, an offshoot of the plant. This is called vegetative reproduction. All bacteria reproduce asexually when they divide by binary fission. This, is, this process is like mitosis. Advantages of asexual reproduction include only one parent is needed, it is a more time and energy efficient process as finding a mate is not required, it is faster than sexual reproduction, and many identical offspring can be produced when conditions are favourable. Sexual reproduction involves two parents that produce genetically different offspring. The parent organisms produce gametes which then fuse during fertilisation. In animals, the gametes are over and sperm, and in plants, over and pollen. There is a mixing of genetic information, leading to variety in offspring. Advantages of sexual reproduction include genetic variation in offspring, where there is inherited differences in organisms. If the environment changes, this variation gives a survival advantage by natural selection, the process by which organisms that are better adapted are more likely to survive and reproduce, which is first described by Charles Darwin. Also. Natural selection can be sped up by humans in selective breeding to increase food production. Selective breeding is a process by which humans have chosen organisms to breed together to develop desirable characteristics, famously in dogs. Formation of gametes during meiosis, a form of cell division which forms non-identical haploid gametes, requires energy. Some animals and plants produce gametes in incredibly high numbers. Fish can release millions at a time. Courtship the behaviours to attract a mate uh, often requires energy. Organisms that reproduce asexually do not need this energy. Some organisms can reproduce both sexually and asexually depending on the circumstances. The malarial parasite, which is an organism that damages its host but depends on it to survive, reproduces asexually in a human host but sexually in the mosquito. Many fungi can reproduce asexually by producing mitotic spores and sexually by producing meiotic spores. Many plants produce seeds sexually, but also can reproduce asexually during vegetative reproduction. Gametes are produced in meiosis. They are haploid, and so must have half the number of chromosomes of a normal diploid body cell. A diploid body cell has 46 chromosomes, or 23 pairs, so haploid gametes have 23 chromosomes. The sperm and ovum fuse to make a genetically different diploid fertilised ovum during fertilisation. The two sets of 23 chromosomes have fused to form a new diploid cell with 23 pairs of chromosomes. This new cell divides by mitosis. Its cells can then differentiate as it grows into an adult organism. In the process of meiosis, first, chromosomes make copies of themselves and the nucleus disappears. A human cell would now have 92 chromosomes at this point. 
Then, the chromosome pairs line up and swap pieces of information. This is called the DNA crossover. DNA is exchanged to ensure all gametes are genetically different from each other. Then the cell divides. After, the chromosomes line up again, and the original and copied chromosomes move to the opposite end of the cell. The cell divides for a second time, and then four, nuclei, four new nuclei are formed. Here are some of the key differences between mitosis and meiosis. But in both of these processes, at the beginning you have one diploid body cell, with 23 pairs of chromosomes in humans. At the end of mitosis, there are two daughter cells, and both of these are diploid body cells. At the end of meiosis, you have four daughter cells, and these are all haploid gametes. There is only one division in mitosis, compared to two divisions in meiosis. At the end of mitosis, you have identical cells, and non-identical cells are formed in meiosis. In meiosis, the cells are used for producing gametes, and it occurs in the sex organs, ovaries and testes in mammals. In mitosis, the cells are used for growth and repair, and occurs everywhere except the sex organs. Your genome is one copy of all your genetic information, your DNA. It exists in all your diploid body cells, as they are produced by mitosis. As haploid gametes are produced by meiosis, they only have half the genome. It is around 2 metres of DNA worth, and it fits inside the nucleus of most of your cells. It is arranged neatly, however, into shapes called chromosomes. The genome is made from 46 chromosomes that come in 23 pairs, because half are present in each of the sperm and ova that made you. They paired up during fertilisation. Chromosomes are regions that contain the DNA code to make proteins, called genes. Because you have inherited one chromosome from each parent, you have two copies of almost all genes. These are called alleles. We think there are around 24,000 genes that carry the instructions to make the proteins. The rest of the non-coding DNA is called junk DNA. It does not make proteins. DNA is a polymer made from two strands that form a double helix, the characteristic spiral structure of DNA. The strands are made from alternating sugar and phosphate molecules. Between the two strands are DNA bases which are joined by weak hydrogen bonds to form complementary base pairs. Adenine, A and thymine, T bases always pair together. Cytosine, C and guanine, G bases are always paired together. Each base with its sugar and phosphate molecules is called a nucleotide. A DNA base pair together with a sugar and phosphate molecule that make up the backbone of the double helix. These are repeating units in the DNA polymer. The sequence of bases is the code for an amino acid. The order of bases controls the order in which amino acids are assembled to make a protein. The same four bases make up the DNA of all life on Earth. It is universal, and you have around 3 billion base pairs in your genome. In 2003, a nine-year project finished which involved 20 universities in countries like the USA, UK, Japan, France, Germany and China. They identified every one of the around 3 billion bases that made up the genome of male and female volunteers. 
These results are available on the internet to everyone. Scientists have identified the areas of the human genome that contain genes and the non-coding areas since the completion of the project. From this project we have developed tests to show the likelihood of genetic disorders like cystic fibrosis occurring. Cystic fibrosis is a genetic disorder in which sufferers do not inherit a gene from both parents and have excess mucus in their lungs. In the future, this will have great significance for medicine in the future. It is important that we understand the human genome so that we can search for genes linked to different types of disease, understand and treat inherited disorders and trace human migration patterns from the past. Proteins are made from long chains of amino acids, called polypeptides. They are folded into the correct shape. This occurs in cell components called ribosomes, found in the cytoplasm. Proteins are important because they affect almost every part of every process within your cells. Enzymes and hormones are proteins. Many proteins only last for several days in your body before they are broken down by your liver into urea and then excreted. So many of your cells are continuously undergoing protein synthesis. The first step of protein synthesis is transcription. It occurs in the nucleus. An enzyme attaches to a strand of DNA just before a gene begins. A gene is a section of a chromosome made from DNA that possesses the code to make a protein. The enzyme moves along the gene, breaking hydrogen bonds between bases, unzipping the DNA. The enzyme attracts complementary messenger RNA, or mRNA bases. These are a chain of bases that make an inverted copy of a gene's worth of DNA during transcription. Opposite a G is a C, and opposite a C is a G. Opposite a T is an A. But opposite an A in this process is a U, uracil base. All thymine DNA bases are replaced by U bases in RNA. A completed strand of mRNA might be hundreds or thousands of bases. It detaches from the DNA, which then reforms hydrogen bonds and zips up again. The mRNA strand leaves the nucleus and passes in the cytoplasm to find a ribosome, where the second step of protein synthesis begins, translation. It passes through a ribosome. For every three mRNA bases, the ribosome attracts a transfer RNA, or a tRNA molecule, a molecule that lines up with every three bases of mRNA to bring an amino acid to make a protein during translation. The three bases on the tRNA molecule are the opposite of those three mRNA bases. There are only around 20 different amino acids. A chain of amino acids is the polypeptide and folds in the correct shape to make the protein. Mutations are changes to the sequence of DNA. They can happen naturally, be caused by carcinogenic or cancer-causing chemicals, and by ionizing radiation. Mutations happen continuously and involve swapping the sequence of bases, deleting them, or adding them. If a mutation occurs in a gene, the sequence of DNA base that corresponds to mRNA, then tRNA, and finally the sequence of amino acids might be changed. Mutations could give an organism an advantage by making a better protein, or a disadvantage by not making one or making a less effective one. An enzyme may no longer fit the substrate binding site, or a structural protein may lose its strength. However, most mutations don't alter the shape of the protein and have no effect on organisms. Mutations in the non-coding regions may affect how genes are expressed.
Sexual reproduction involves two parents who produce genetically different offspring. The offspring possess genes from both parents. Some characteristics are controlled by a single gene. Examples include eye colour and blood group in humans. You inherit a gene from each of these characteristics from each parent, so you have two copies of each gene. We call these alleles. Each of the sperm and the ovum that, you, that made you contain a gene for eye colour. These alleles determine your eye colour. If both genes gave the same colour, say brown, it makes sense that you would have brown eyes. But what if they were different? Your genotype is the genetic makeup of an organism represented by letters. Phenotype is the physical characteristics of an organism as described by words. Because you inherited a gene from each of your parents, there are two letters in a genotype. Brown eyes are dominant over blue eyes. Dominant means it will show a characteristic if inherited from one or both parents. We use a capital letter to show this. Those genes that can be dominated are called recessive, meaning it will only show a characteristic only if inherited from both parents. We use a low, lowercase letter to show this. So a capital B is a brown eye gene, and a lowercase b is a blue eye gene. Inher inheriting a capital B from both parents, big B, big B, is called homozygous dominant, a genotype with two dominant alleles. Inheriting a uh, lowercase b from both parents, little b, little b, is homozygous recessive, the genotype with two recessive alleles. Inheriting one of each, big B, little b, is called heterozygous, a genotype with one dominant and one recessive allele. We complete genetic crosses in Punnett squares to see the likelihood of inher inheriting certain characteristics. A Punnett square is a grid that makes determining the chance of inheriting a characteristic easier to understand. You'd separate the mother's genotype along the top and the father's genotype along the side and find the four possible combinations of offspring genotype. Be careful when filling in Punnett squares that your capital and lowercase letters look different. A big C and a little c, for example, can look very similar. The outcomes of these crosses can be given as percentages or ratios. Most characteristics are because of multiple genes interacting, rather than a single gene as described previously. You should be able to make predictions using probability for genetic crosses. You should be able to use direct proportions and simple ratios to express the outcomes of a genetic cross in a Punnett square and on family trees. A family tree can show the inheritance of characteristics over multiple generations. Every generation has its own horizontal line, with the oldest at the top. We call the 23rd pair of chromosomes the sex chromosomes, because this is what they determine. Again, here we use letters. All over are X. Approximately half of sperm are also X, and the rest are Y. An X ovum and an X sperm develop into a female. An X ovum and an a Y sperm develop into a male. You should also here be able to carry out a genetic cross to show sex inheritance. Communicable diseases are caused by pathogens. Inherited conditions like cystic fibrosis, however, are called disorders, and the people who inherit them from their parents are called sufferers. About one in every 10,000 people in the UK has cystic fibrosis. They inherit a recessive allele from both parents, and are homozygous recessive. If they had inherited one dominant gene, they would be heterozygous and not have the disorder. 
In this case, they will be able to pass it to their children, and so we call them carriers for the disorder. Cystic fibrosis is a disorder of cell membranes. Sufferers have excess mucus produced in their lungs, digestive and reproductive systems. This often becomes infected, and frequent physiotherapy sessions remove much of this. However, there is no cure for this disorder, and sufferers have a much reduced life expectancy. Polydactyly is a genetic disorder that results in an extra toe or finger, or a digit. This is a very rare condition that results from the inheritance of a dominant allele from one or both parents. Variation is the differences that exist within a species or between different species. Variation can be caused by environmental factors such as scars and tattoos, genetic factors like blood group and eye colour, and both environmental and genetic factors together for your weight and height. When genetic and environmental factors work together, a person's genome interacts with the environment to influence their development. Continuous data comes in a range and values can be halfway between them. Height is an example of this. Continuous data is represented in the line graph with a line of best fit. Discontinuous data comes in discrete groups. Your blood group can be A, B, AB or O. It cannot be halfway between them. Discontinuous data is presented in a bar chart. Line graphs of continuous data often show a characteristic bell-shaped graph. We call this a normal distribution. It means most values are towards the middle and there are an ever smaller number towards the outsides. A mutation is a change to our DNA and occur naturally when our cells divide by mitosis. They occur more commonly in cells exposed to carcinogenic chemicals and ionising radiation. Rarely this exposure change, changes the characteristic of organisms. However, if the changes are advantageous, this can lead to a rapid evolutionary change. dogs are one species, meaning that regardless of their breed, they can all interbreed to produce fertile offspring. All dogs are also descended from wolves. They have not evolved from wolves, but have been selectively bred by humans before they understood the mechanisms of inheritance or the process of evolution. Evolution is the theory first proposed by Charles Darwin that the different species found today formed as a result of the accumulation of small advantages that were passed through generations. Our ancestors knew that if they bred large dogs together, they were likely to get large puppies. This is called selective breeding, breeding animals or plants with desirable characteristics. It is also known as artificial selection, to remind us that it is not natural selection, which leads to evolution. Selective breeding has given us Jersey cows, which have been selected to produce creamy milk, and Frisian cows, which produce a larger volume of less creamy milk. We have also selectively bred crops that are resistant to disease, animals that produce more meat, domestic dogs that have a gentle nature, and large and unusual flowers. Selective breeding can lead to a reduction in the variation of a population. This is called inbreeding, artificial selection of a small number of parents which reduces variation and results in genetic weakening of species. Occasionally, and by mistake, the selection of a key characteristic like size can also magnify a less desirable one 
Many pedigree dogs suffer from hip misalignment because of this. Genetic engineering, or genetic modification, is a modern and technical process by which a gene is moved from one species to another. This alters the genome of an organism by adding a gene from another organism. It allows us to directly transfer desired characteristics into species. Transgenic describes a genetically engineered organism. It is much quicker than selective breeding, but it is an ethical issue because some people disagree on religious or moral grounds. There are many regulations to control this, it is illegal to genetically engineer humans, but modern medical research is exploring the possibility of using genetic engineering to overcome some inherited disorders. Genetic engineering has inserted the gene that makes jellyfish glow in the dark into rabbits. Enzymes were used to cut out the specific gene from the genome of the jellyfish. The same enzyme was used to cut out the genome of a rabbit embryo. Another enzyme is used to seal the glow-in-the-dark gene into the embryo. And then the embryo was then implanted back into the uterus of a rabbit to grow normally. It is much harder to insert the gene into every cell of an adult organism, so we choose to genetically engineer an embryo, which will then divide naturally into an adult organism. All cells will contain the inserted gene. We have genetically engineered crops to be resistant to disease, be resistant to being eaten by insects or herbivores, and produce larger yields. An example would be golden rice, genetically engineered to contain carotene, reducing chance of vitamin A deficiency, which causes blindness in children. An ex another example would be cotton, genetically modified to be resistant to an insect pest called the weevil, and soya, genetically modified to be herbicide resistant. Many people think that the genetic engineering of crops has the potential to feed starving people in countries like uh, suffering from famine. Others think that we should not interfere with God's creatures, and others worry about the spread of genes from genetically engineering crops into wild species. We are not sure yet of the effects of genetically modified crops on wildflowers and insects, and some people are also concerned that we have not fully explored the effect of these crops on human health. Sheep have been genetically engineered to produce proteins, such as blood clotting factors that we use in medicine, in their milk. First, an ovum from a sheep is fertilised in vitro, IVF, forming an embryo. Then the DNA of the human gene, such as the gene for the clotting factor, is injected into the nucleus, and the gene activates milk production. The embryo is implanted into the surrogate ewe, and the lamb that is born has a human gene for clotting factor, so when it is an adult, it will be produced in its milk and can be extracted to treat haemophilia. We have genetically modified bacterial cells to contain the human gene for insulin. As these bacteria grow, they produce in human insulin which we collect. Diabetics inject this. clone is a genetically identical offspring of a parent that is asexually reproduced. They have identical genes to the parent. Many plants can reproduce asexually to make clones, and some animals such as water fleas can do this too. Clones have no genetic variation, but can show differences resulted from environmental radiation, differences in organisms as a result of the environment in which they live. Dolly the sheep was the first mammal to be cloned in 1996 and was genetically identical to her one parent. This is an example of adult cell cloning. 
First, from the udder of an adult sheep, diploid body cells from the udder were removed. A diploid body cell nucleus was removed and kept. From an adult female, an ovum was removed, and the nucleus was removed from this, and the ovum was kept. Then, the diploid body cell nucleus is injected into the empty ovum and stimulated with an electric current. An embryo is then grown in the dish to form a small ball of cells. The embryo is transferred to the surrogate mother's womb, and the lamb is born. It took 277 attempts before Dolly was successfully cloned. She lived until she was six years old, less than most other sheep. Some scientists thought this was due to the cloning, but it's now proved it was because of a lung infection. Before Dolly, scientists had cloned tadpoles, carpfish and mice. Since, we have cloned monkeys, pigs, cows and horses. We can also clone plants through tissue culture, a process where a small number of cells of the parent plant are removed, then placed into a sterile growth medium and allowed to grow into a clone of the parent plant. This is important in the preservation of rare plants. It also allows plant growers to commercially produce large numbers of genetically identical copies of prize-winning plants. Embryo splitting occurs when a developing embryo is split apart and allowed to grow into two identical clones and increase the number of offspring produced. Embryo transfer puts these embryos back into the mother uterus to develop normally. Here's an example of embryo transfer in cows. The best cow selected as a donor and injected with the hormone FSH to cause superovulation when several ova are released. Then, artificial insemination with sperm from the superpool happens. One week later, there is a collection of embryos from the cow. Then there is selection of embryos, and this leads to either sexing of embryos or the splitting of embryos to give demi-embryos or twins. Before the recipient cow or cows uh, receive the embryo transfer, they are treated with hormones to match the cycle of the donor. Then the embryo transfer occurs to the recipient cow or cows if split. Evolution explains how the millions of different species alive today, and those that have already become extinct, developed from one common ancestor, an organism from which others have evolved. It explains how over many generations, tiny changes in individuals give them an advantage and allow them to develop to better suit their surroundings. These differences eventually add up to make a new species. Darwin is considered the father of evolution. He spent several years travelling around the world on his ship, and stopped off at the Galapagos Islands on the a certain voyage. He collected animal specimens and made extensive observations, particularly of finches on the Galapagos Islands. It helped him develop his theory of evolution by natural selection, saying the main points are individual organisms within a particular species show a wide range of variation within a characteristic, individuals with characteristics most suited to their environment are most likely to survive and breed, and these advantageous characteristics and likely to be passed to the next generation. Darwin was worried about the reaction of the church, who were very powerful at the time, so he was reluctant to publish his findings. He did eventually publish when a colleague of his independently developed the same theory. On the Origin of Species was published in 1859, and it was controversial. The theory challenged the idea that God made all life on Earth. There was insufficient evidence at the time the theory was published to convince many scientists 
that the mechanism of inheritance was only discovered 50 years after publication. Jean-Baptiste Lamarck developed his theory of acquired characteristics. This is often described as soft inheritance. He suggested that the changes that occur in an organism during its lifetime can be inherited. Scientists now know that in the vast majority of cases, this type of inheritance does not occur. Alfred Russell Wallace was inspired by Darwin's work and voyaged around the world also. He spent years studying the animals and plants of what we now call Singapore, Malaysia and Indonesia and noticed a strait of water between these two regions where there were key differences in the species on either side of the line. This is now called the Wallace Line. Wallace developed his own theory of evolution and sent it to Darwin. Darwin had not yet published his work so both agreed to jointly publish what they had discovered the following year. Wallace, however, was better remembered for his work on speciation, the process of forming new species of life. You will need to know about the steps that give rise to new species. Usually, there is a barrier between two groups, separating them physically. Of course, both groups of in the species will have genetic variation, but possibly due to different environments and conditions, different advantageous characteristics will emerge and be passed down through natural selection. Eventually, these differences add up to make a new species, so when the barrier is removed, the biological concept of the definition of what a species is can be used to show they are separate. Wallace also worked on the bright warning colours of animals. Gregor Mendel was a friar who spent many years studying the inheritance of characteristics in pea plants. From his studies, he developed laws of Mendelian inheritance, the same rules that you use to explain how eye colour, earlobes and tongue rolling are inherited. He saw this inheritance was due to units that are passed on to descendants unchanged. We now know these units to be chromosomes that had not yet been discovered at the time. He published his work, but it was not until after his death that its significance was understood fully. Here are some results of Mendel's investigations into inheritance in pea plants. Mendel took a purple flowering plant that had been bred from only other purple flowering plants. He then bred the purple flowering plants with a white flowering plant that had bred from only other white flowering plants. All of the plants that were bred from this first cross produced purple flowers. This is called the F1 generation. He bred two of these purple flowering plants from the F1 generation together. Three quarters of the plants that came from this second cross of F1 plants produced purple flowers and one quarter produced white flowers. This is called the F2 generation. Since Darwin's publication on the theory of evolution, Evidence for this process has developed to the point where most scientists agree with it. Most criticism nowadays comes from religious groups who believe in creationism, and belief that God created all the organisms on earth in seven days, and not evolution. Fossils are the remains of dead organisms preserved for millions of years in rock. 
They are preserved when the tissues are replaced by minerals as they decay. Other fossils are the tracks or traces of organisms, such as dinosaur footprints, burrows and eggs. In special places like peat bogs made of partially decayed vegetation, conditions are such that the rate of decay is very slow, preserving fossils extremely well. The fossil record is the information provided by all the fossils that have ever been discovered. This can show us how significant the changes have been to species over time. There are gaps in this record, however, because not all fossils have been found, many have been destroyed by magma, and not all parts of soft-bodied organisms become fossils. Sir Alexander Fleming discovered the first antibiotic, penicillin, in 1928. We have developed other antibiotics, but the process is very slow, and it seems that bacteria are evolving to become immune to these faster than we can develop new antibiotics. A common strain of bacteria that has developed resistance is MRSA, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. MRSA is a communicable pathogen that kills several hundred people per year in the UK. To reduce the speed that antibiotic resistance develops, we should reduce the use of antibiotics generally and always finish the full course of medicine we are given. Because bacteria reproduce much more quickly than many other animals, we can see the evolution of antibiotic resistance in our own lifetimes. This change provides strong evidence for evolution. Evolution explains that organisms with characteristics most suited to the environment are more likely to survive and breed successfully. Those without these adaptations are less likely and eventually may become extinct, occurring where there are no remaining individuals of a species still alive. There have been several points in the Earth's history where many species have become extinct in a short period. These are called mass extinction events, a large number of extinctions occurring at the same time, the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs being an example of this. Humans are causing the latest mass extinction event. The rate at which extinctions are currently occurring is increasing together with an increase in the human population. We are cutting down rainforests, overfishing our oceans, such as fishing on a scale so large that the population of the species is threatened, creating bigger cities and are farming more intensively. Every year more species are being added to the endangered list. Classification is the process by which things are placed into groups based upon their characteristics. Scientific classification of the different species of life is a very important process. We would not be able to identify organisms without it, we wouldn't know how many there are in a species, and so we wouldn't know which ones needed conservation to protect them from becoming extinct. Carl Linnaeus put things into their groups based upon their structure and characteristics. He developed the binomial system of classification, in which all living species are giving a two-part name. The first is their genus, and the second is their species. The binomial name for humans is Homo sapiens. Homo is our genus, and sapiens is our species. It is important to remember that the first part of any binomial name is the genus, and the second is the species. We shared our planet thousands of years ago, with our very closely related species called Homo neanderthal and Homo erectus that are now extinct. 
The fact that these three species are in the same genus means they are very closely related. A species is a group of organisms that can interbreed to produce fertile offspring. All dogs are one species so they can all interbreed. Occasionally, some very closely related species can interbreed, but they produce infertile hybrids as offspring, like horses and donkeys produce mules and lions and tigers produce ligers. These are infertile. Linnaeus' system of binomial classification puts all life into ever bigger groups. There are five large groups called kingdoms, animals, plants, fungi, bacteria and protists. Each of these is split into smaller groups called phyla, then classes, orders and families, before genera, plural of genus, and species. As equipment like electron microscopes and techniques involving genetic and ma mapping of genomes has developed, so has our ability to classify organisms. Carl Woese pioneered these developments and proposed the three domain system. In the organisms are classified into three main group. Archaea, primitive bacteria usually living in extreme environments where it is difficult for the organisms to live. Bacteria, which are prokaryotes and eukaryotes, protists, plants, fungi and animals. After they have been classified, the relationship between different species can be shown in diagrams called evolutionary trees. Thank you for listening to this recap revision podcast on inheritance, variation and evolution.